The World Briefly By Jam Hello and welcome to The World Briefly, the podcast in which we brief you about what's going on around the world. And this week we've got, we weren't really supposed to do a show and we were just going to publish a short update on the fact that we're going to start doing this podcast every couple of weeks. But today we had a crazy day in terms of national politics in the UK. So we are going to speak about that. And also throughout the last couple of weeks, we had the announcement of all the Nobel Prize winners. And so we are going to have a brief mention of that as well. But for now, let's talk about the government and British politics. We didn't really have time to ask anyone to come around and talk about it because it literally just happened today. But we're going to go through it in a brief manner and brief you on everything that has happened. So, roughly a month ago, maybe slightly less than that, the new Chancellor of the Exchequer, so that is the person who controls the finances in the British government, and his name was Quasi Quarting, he came in with Liz Truss, and roughly three weeks ago, he announced the mini-budget. So this was a series of measures which were supposed to grow the economy and uh, tackle the, 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 the crisis in inflation and, and in, in the, the stagnant growth that we're currently seeing and was supposed to grow the economy. And so there were a series of, of measures that were announced and uh, the markets immediately reacted very violently, one could say, to the announcement of the of the, the measures in the mini-budget. And so there were especially some, you know, several organizations nationally and internationally that took a lot of issue from uh, one of the measures being the 45% tax cut. So people that get more than £150,000 a year uh, pay 45% income tax and the government wanted to cut that, to scrap that 45% tax rate and make it similar to the people who earn less. And so that was the main one that was getting a lot of, of um, heat from, from people inside the UK, from organizations outside the UK as well. The um, IMF, the International Monetary Fund, came in and said, you might want to reconsider these decisions because there were a lot of tax cuts planned, a lot of, of ways that, that this trust government wanted the, the economy to grow, but there was nothing to fund those tax cuts with um, and the investment because ultimately the government government needs money and that's that usually comes in through taxes so if there's no taxes there is no money and so there would be there would need to be a huge amount of international uh, international borrowing in order for the government to sustain all these measures and the government the international markets weren't happy with the mini budget announcement and the the pounds tanked you know when compared to the euro the bank of england came in in a historic and not a very good way 
uh, moment and uh, had to buy bonds from the government. So these are, um, you know, the government government has debt and people, you know, external organizations and external institutions can buy some of the debt and um, basically the, the, the price of that of that debt, you know, the percentage of it of... Um, yeah, the percentage of it that, that it grows over time can change a lot depending on how much is being bought and so on. Um, and so with the announcement of the mini-budget, there was um, a very sudden lowering of, of the bonds that were, were being bought. And so there was a huge increase in, in the price uh, of them. And the Bank of England came in and uh, bought some of the bonds to stabilize the economy. And soon after that, we had the announcement from the government that's the 45% tax cut or 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 scra- scrape would be would not happen so that 45% income tax would remain and still things slightly improved but out of you know seven of the main measures that the government proposed there was just that was just one of them and so quite a few of them remained and uh, some of them are very controversial and so we've been still despite the the u-turn in terms of the 45 percent tax cut uh, throughout this week and the end of last week we still saw list trust getting a lot of heat and the government getting a lot of, of criticism coming from all sorts of places about this and what happened today was that the day started and I woke up around 8 p.m. and I got a BBC news alert saying uh, there's rumors that Quasi Quarting won't be in office tomorrow. And these were just whispers that were going around um, and no one was really sure that this was going to happen or not. You know, Quasi Quarting in an interview yesterday, I'm pretty sure, uh, came out and said, you know, I won't be. Uh, resigning I will be in my position in a month's time and so everyone was a bit unsure whether these rumors these these whispers that were going around were realistic or not but in the afternoon those whispers were confirmed confirmed and so in a press conference Liz Truss a very short um, press conference uh, about four minutes long you can watch it on BBC News if you if you're interested and in that conference Listras announced on top of of the, the resignation of of Quasi Quarteng she announced a U-turn on another of the of the measures um another of the measures that was uh, you know, set in the mini budget announcement, and this one specifically was the corporate tax. So, Rishi Sunak, as the previous Chancellor of the Exchequer, had made plans to rise raise the tax, corporation tax, from nineteen percent to twenty five percent. And in the mini budget, that's one of the things that the government wanted to cancel. So they wanted to, uh, you know cancel the rise from 19 to 25%, so leave it at 19%. And they've also done, they've also made a U-turn on that, so that measure of the corporate tax is not uh, happening anymore. So that was one of the measures that, or one of the changes that was announced 
by Liz Truss. She also said, also in response to the questions from, from the journalists, she admitted that the ideas behind the mini-budget were a bit too ambitious, so that the mini-budget, economically speaking, was a bit too um, out there, and that the markets and the economic institutions weren't ready for, for this. Um, but she also promised that the, the she's going to deliver on economic growth and that the new Chancellor Exchequer will share her mindset as to to growth and to economic growth. And speaking of the new Chancellor of the Exchequer, they have been announced. He has been announced. It's Jeremy Hunt, who used to be, I'm pretty sure, the health secretary with Boris Johnson at some point. Um, it's one of those, like... Um, Matt Hancock that has been in half the the, the positions in government um, and so yeah he's been in out and there's been um, you know quite a lot of movement from Jeremy Hunt around the government but he is now from uh, this afternoon the new Chancellor Exchequer and times might not be very good for him because one of the things he ran in the leadership race uh, that Listras ended up winning, and one of the things that Jeremy Hunt wanted to do was to lower the corporate tax from 19 to 15%. So rather than just cancelling the rise from 19 to 25, he actually wanted to lower it to 15%. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with Jeremy Hunt, what happens with with Listras and her wanting to continue within the path of economic growth. Um, it's going to be very interesting, and. At the end of the press conference, and after all the mess that was caused by the announcement of the mini-budget, we looked at, at the things that were done in the mini-budget and the announcements in, the since. And so of the initial seven measures, or seven main ideas that were proposed in the mini-budget, there are only five that remain. And they are income tax. So the basic rate of income tax is going to be cut from uh, by 1p. So it used to be 20p. It's going to be 19p. Uh, bankers bonuses. So there used to be a cap on how much uh, bo- uh, how much bonuses bankers could get, and that's going to be scraped, supposedly to attract you know all the best bankers and and bring them to to the United Kingdom and you know. Uh, cause them or with their help um, grow our economy together that's supposedly the idea behind it Um, there's going to be uh, some changes to the national insurance so there was supposed to be a 1.25% rise in how much we pay for national insurance but that's been um, that's been scraped in the mini budget Uh, they are not going to make that rise happen Uh, stamp duty so uh, that is when you're buying a property, you don't have to pay duty on the first £250,000 of the property's value. And also, the first-time buyers of property, again, uh, they don't have to pu- to pay any duty on the first £425,000 of property's value. Um, and so those are the five measures that were announced in the mini budget that are still in place with all the controversy around um, um, around around the future in terms of uh, economy, in terms of, of uh, politically speaking as well. Um, we don't really know 
if these ideas are going to be in place much longer or if there are going to be more U-turns. So I'd say just stick around and we'll uh, embark on this perilous but slightly exciting journey together and see where this leads us and how how screwed we are, um, to not use a stronger word. So, and finally, the, um, you know, uh, aftermath of the press conference. So I spoke about the, the bonds and how the, the price of bonds, so that's when external organization organizations or institutions buy a British government debt, uh, the price of that has gone up, um, in, in the yields of the government bonds, um, which is not a very good sign for Liz Truss, because supposedly with the announcement of, of uh, quasi-quartings departure and the announcement of the U-turn with the corporate tax, um, the idea supposedly was that that would stabilize the markets, that would stabilize the economy, and things would look a bit more stable but with the, the the rise in yields of government bonds that's not looking very likely unlucky less trust also in response to the press conference we've seen uh, several um, tory mps coming out whether that's you know by themselves or whether that's you know mostly via um, uh, political journalists and and not really revealing their identities, but a lot of Tory MPs have come out and said Liz Truss's press conference was a, a huge failure. Failure. It was a very poor performance by Liz Truss. We don't really trust her to 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 deliver, to deliver, to deliver, as she said. Um, that was that was that wasn't something that one of the MPs has said. That was that was me. Um, yeah, I just wanted to keep the credit for that. Anyway, and so we've seen a lot of very negative reactions coming from from the, the, the Tory backbenchers, as they called. So the um, Tory MPs that aren't in government. And it's been it's been a really negative reaction to, to Liz Truss's press conference, to this whole fiasco. It really is a fiasco. And, you know, we remain to see what will happen because Liz Truss's government, you know, started out, what, a month and nine days ago? And in that, you know, just a bit over a month, they've managed to wreak havoc like never before, really. And for, you know, the, the, the Tory party doesn't really want to trigger another general election because uh, if they do have if there were, there is a general election now they know that they are going for sure to lose because they've got no chance of winning with um, everything that the government is doing currently but they also don't want to um, trigger an, uh, another leadership race because that's going to send a message to the voters of, of weakness of of um, incapability really to to do the job that they should be doing and so but at the same time if things continue this way what is going to be the the long-term consequence to the conservative party if Liz Truss remains in power you know and if her ideas are as chaotic and as um 
yeah, as with as much of a ne- negative impact as they've been so far. And so it's it's pretty much up to the Conservative Party now, to the uh, Tory backbenchers to decide what do we want to do. Do we want to, you know, potentially ruin our country with a Liz Truss um, premiership? Do we want to trigger another leadership race and uh, be a really weak party at the eyes of our voters? Or do you do we want to trigger a general election that we're definitely going to lose? And so only time will tell. And... You know, so far from from what we've seen in terms of the reaction of of, of Tory MPs, of Tory backbenchers, of, of Tory supporters, I I don't know if Liz Truss will last very long. This is not good news for the country. This is not good news for anyone, really. You know, so some people in the Labour Party could might be con- con- congratulating themselves with this massive failure on the part of the government in Liz Truss, um, but I think, you know. Ultimately, this is going to be damaging for the country. Ultimately, this is going to ruin people's lives. You know, real people are going to struggle because of this huge mess. Um, and so I think the only thing we can really feel is sadness and, and disappointment and anger that um, a, govern- a government which wasn't democratically elected is ruining our lives because of how the Conservative Party works. So a lot to... Uh, it's a lot to process. It's a lot to wait on. Um, and yeah, I guess the only thing we can really do is say that we'll be here when when there's more developments. We'll be here when when there's more announcements to, to brief you about everything that's going to happen. Um, so yes, we'll be back again possibly next week, if not in a couple of weeks. Uh, to let you know about what's happening. If there's some kind of big revelation, if Liz Truss resigns, if uh, the whole government topples in, in the next week or so, then we'll definitely be here next Friday. So you can um, expect us or next Friday if, if that does happen. Let's just hope that, um, just like today, Liz Truss leaves the exciting news to the end of the week so we can have it you know, fresh and warm. Right, so... Having got that out of the way, let's mention something a bit more cheerful, which is, which is Nobel Prizes. So over the last week or so, we have had uh, a couple of weeks, actually, we have had the announcement of who won the Nobel Prizes this year. And it's pretty exciting, especially in the areas that affect me. So that's mostly literature and uh, medicine. So, in first of all, the Nobel Prize for Economics goes to Ben Bernanke. I'm pretty sure I have mispronounced that, but this is a U.S. economist, former chairman of the Federal Reserve in the U.S. and uh, a few other important institution. And he's won this year's um, economics Nobel for his research on how propping up failing banks can stave off an even deeper economic crisis. Um, so, yes, if, if you're interested on... on uh, the, because that, that, that is a, a fairly um, actual, actual in- issue because um, I feel like nowadays and, and coming from, from Portugal where this is very very common thing to see um there's a lot of bailing banks out of out of 
uh, sticky situations. Um, and so this is a pretty interesting research, I'd say. Now, as for the uh, Nobel Peace Prize, it goes to uh, Ales Bialyatsky, who is from Belarus, a Belarusian activist, Belarusian activist, um, at the Russian Rights Group, Human Rights Group Memorial, and uh, the Center for Civil Liberties in Ukraine. So we've got a Belarusian person, a Russian uh, human rights group, and a, a a Ukraine group for civil liberties. And they jointly won the 2022 Nobel Peace Prize. You know, in terms in in relation to to everything that's happened happening in the area and what these organizations and these people are doing to fight this massive crisis. Now, on the side of literature, excitingly, uh, it was a French person who won the prize this year. And it was Annie Ernaud. And uh, she's won it according to the to the Nobel Committee for her courage and clinical equity in um, her books, which are mostly also biographical, um, yeah, so talking about about her her life and and mostly social inequality that that she's seen growing up and all the issues related to that. Now on to chemistry. Um, to this year, three people won the prize: uh, Caroline Bertozzi, Morten Meldal, and Barry Sharpless won the prize for discovering reactions that let molecules snap together to create new compounds. And this is a discovery which is, you know, really groundbreaking and um, has consequences to biology as well. Um, so this might be able to clarify um, some of the aspects of, of cell biology which have um, evaded us in, in the last few years. So a, 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 an important discovery. Moving on to the penultimate category, the Nobel Physics Prize. Alan Aspect, John Closser and Anton Zeilinger won the prize in physics and specifically for their experiments in quantum mecha mechanics. And these experiments, um, you know, pretty much uh, opened the way for um, new applications in computing and cryptography. And... Um, so yeah, their 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 work in in quantum mechanics really um, opened a lot of avenues for for the development of computing and, and cryptography. So that is why they won the prize. And finally, we've got medicine, and the um, a Swedish person, uh, more specifically a geneticist, Svante Pabo, won the prize for discoveries around the humanity's past and uh, more specifically um, our understanding of how modern day people evolved from extinct ancestors at the dawn of human history. Um, so this goes back to all the homo uh, that were before homo sapiens sapiens. So that's where we currently are. Although I think it might be homo sapiens, uh, just one sapiens now. Uh, but yes, all all those those species that came before the the Homo sapiens, and and how we evolved until we are uh, until what we are today. Um, so yes, that was the winner of of um, the Nobel Prize in medicine, and from what I've read, 
um, around the topic. It seems to be um, someone who was who was pretty much a maverick who was going against the, the you know everyone else and and trying and prove their theories because they they were convinced that they were right. Um, so it's um, yeah, it's I think a very inspiring uh, awarding of a Nobel Prize um, to someone who who's um, disrupting and and doesn't go with the flow. So that is very nice to see. Right, with that, I reached the end of today's The World Briefly. We'll be back again either next week if anything really exciting happens in uh, British politics until then. If not, we'll be back within two weeks. And ideally, we'll be speaking with university academics about the um, national and international events of the week. So, do come back on Fridays at 7pm to be briefed about what's happening around the world. Until then, have a great week and bye-bye. The World Briefly by Jam <laughs>